Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Indie Show, a talk show for and with creative entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Joey Vitale, and with me today is, you guys, I'm so freaking excited, Chris Lima. Chris is has spoken about storytelling in a way that made me really change the way that I think about storytelling and the way that I implement it in my business, even after just like a half hour Q&A session. So Chris, thank you so much for coming on. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. So Chris, let's give everybody a background of kind of how you got to where you are and uh, kind of what makes uh, what makes storytelling and storytelling in business something that you're so excited to uh, kind of uh, train others on and speak about and spend so much of your time talking about. Sure. So um, I have been building software products and selling people software products uh, since 1995. Um, so uh, a, a long time of doing that. And if you spend a lot of time in the software world, I mean, if you spend a lot of time building anything, really, uh, what normally happens, the sequence is first you build it, right? And then you go and you sell it right? So the order is build and then sell. And so what happens is normally when you go to sell, you sell what you built. And the moment you go, and I know I'm, I'm like, this is earth shattering stuff. People are like, oh, thank God that Joey brought this guy on. But, but here's what happens, right? If you go to sell what yeah. you have, and invariably the first person walks up and says, well, but don't you have this other feature or don't you have this other color or don't you have it in another size or don't you have it for my situation? And you go, no. So what happens? You go back inside, right? And say, yeah. build me some more, right? And it just gets the cost of business, of building these things, whether it's software or anything else, it just gets bigger and bigger, the higher cost. Yeah. Sometimes that prices you out of the market. So now you're selling to a new segment, but either way, the equation seemed flawed, right? So I would watch and I ended up for, for a period of years, I coached hundreds of software startups. And every time I watched the, the dynamic play out the same way, right? They built, then they went to sell. Then they dealt with the customer, the real world. And the customer basically just, all you had to do is ask a single question. They'd be like, Oh, we got to rebuild the whole product. Right. And you're like, well, wouldn't it be better if we just went and found the right customer? So then you get into segmentation of the work and you're like, well, maybe there's another way. Right. Um, yeah. So, I started suggesting that we start with the story itself. So imagine you have no product yet and you start with, how's this conversation going to go, right? I'm going to go to Joey and say, Joey, oh my God, you know what? You, you are talking to people all the time. So let's talk about a video camera that works for you, for yeah. your podcast, that works for you, this. Let's talk about that video camera. And you go, uh, yeah, but here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm not always in the same location. I love it when I'm at my house, but sometimes I'm on the road and, yeah. so, and you go, so wait, now we can start having this conversation about a video camera that works at home and works on the road and you go, yeah, yeah. But then you're like, uh, you're in a hotel room and the background is like weird. Like it, it just looks wrong, right? You got those curtains that look a little too old or your bed is unmade, but that's exactly where the desk is going. And you're like, well, well what if you just wanted to black out your whole background? And you're like, oh my God, like that would be incredible. And you're like, okay, well, sometimes you're in hotels and your bandwidth isn't high. And you're like, oh, if you could do this little mini sequencing where you suck in the video and hold it, clean it up and then push it out so that so that, that was where you, oh, oh my God, like that would be. And so 
we have this whole conversation fictitiously, of course, right? Yes. Before we build the product. And then we craft the story. And then when we craft the story, we embed the story into the product. And if you embed the story into the product, it changes the nature of the product. Now, when you go to sell the product, you're like, hey, Joey, are you the kind of guy that does video conferences and podcasts from your home, but sometimes you're on the road too? And you go, yeah. You go, so you need something that looks good at home and on the road? Yeah. So you need a stand, but also clips to the computer? And you go, yeah. Well, and I bet sometimes you're in hotels and you need the background blacked out. They're like, oh my God, yeah. And sometimes you're in places with really bad Wi-Fi, and so you need something that does this pre-processing. And you go, uh, how many can I buy? When can I buy? Take my money now, right? Yes. But that's because we we crafted the story first and embedded it into the product. The features became the features they were because of the product. And so we started doing that, right? I started building software companies and building software products that did that. And uh, it changed the nature of, so I would run, initially I ran all the engineering and then I started running all the marketing teams. And then I started running all the engineering and marketing for these product companies. And they're like, I don't understand. How are you a technologist who also tells stories? And you're like, mm-hmm. well, because I found that storytelling is the most effective way to sell product. And that's how I came up with a framework for stories and storytelling that you and I have talked about before, right? The framework, yeah. what I call crossing the bridge. And and then once you discover the framework and you start utilizing it, um, then you realize anybody can use it. So now, even though I have a day job, um, in my evenings when I'm coaching other entrepreneurs, right? A lot of times we come back to, you just gotta tell the right story. You tell the right story and everything works out. And they're like, yeah, but I don't know how to tell the story. And you go, okay, well, let's just, let me introduce you to a framework so that we can get you going yep. and go from there. You know what I mean? Okay, Chris, that was amazing what you just did. But I want to back up real quickly and just hit a couple notes. First of all, if that camera exists, I need to find it because I've been looking for that thing for like the past year. And your ability to read my mind in like five seconds was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> um, but also, I uh, I work a lot with... Uh, Creativepreneurs now, a lot of uh, people who get into business because of a craft of, or a passion that they have, they don't really come from the startup world. But I yep. used I used to be an attorney for startups, and that whole concept of minimum viable product has really gained steam in the uh, startup world. And I just for anybody who's not familiar with the startup culture there's this really powerful concept of a minimum viable product. And before you get to that real world, that reality, um, not just building, 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 and then showing it, but kind of iterating and hearing and your, your way of explaining the MVP by telling a story, I think is such a powerful way of taking the startupiness out of that phrase and putting it in that plain English for people. So yeah, because we remember long, long before there was a book and there was an MVP, right? In all my startups, we were doing that. We just called it surviving, right? Like, <laughs> oh, make an adjustment, make another adjustment, see if that'll sell, right? And so then they're like, ooh, I just came up with a new phrase for it. And you're like, yeah, so what, right? There's still the practical work of yeah. how do I create products differently, right? Um, and well, and this, this idea of before you get to that pitch that you talked about, yeah. It's a combination of storytelling and, I mean, you know, you know this better than I do, but it sounds like it's a combination of storytelling and conversation having so that it, when yeah. it comes to that actual pitchy or story, it's very, they're, they're saying yes to everything you're dropping down. Yeah. 
I love that. That, that happens when you know the space, right? So I record tons of video, right? And so I can tell you exactly what you want in a video camera because I know the space, right? Because yeah. I've lived through, it's, it's really not so much I'm an expert in the space. It's have I lived through the pains mm. that other people have had, right? And all of your creative entrepreneurs who build things, they often forget the pain they've already lived through. I mean, if you're a, yeah. if, if you're someone who works with your hands, right? And you, let's say you're, you're pottery, right? You didn't start as an expert in, in making pottery stuff, right? You right. started at the beginning, but what happens is you're now, you, I mean, you, you're good enough, you, you're talented enough, you produce enough that maybe today you spend a majority of your time making something and putting it out to sell. But that wasn't always your life. There was a point in time when you were a beginner and you were trying to figure out how to find, where to find the right tools, right? Yeah. But we often progress through those pieces and then kind of like a bad childhood, we're like, I don't want to think about it anymore. Right. But that's the key to selling, right? The key to telling the right story. And I, I'm not a sales guy ever, right? But I don't have any problem with sales because I'm never selling. I'm yeah. just telling a story. So I go, hey, you know what? Back when I was doing this, this was a problem. And they go, yeah, yeah. You go, this was a problem. And they're like, yeah, yeah. You go, well, there was this problem too. I don't know if you're, and they're like, yeah. And right then they start thinking, oh my God, if you have something that solves these problems, tell me now, tell me right now, because I'll buy it all right now. Right. And you go, oh yeah. How did I do that? Right. I did that because I just walked through pain. Right. I, that's all I did. I just walked through pain. And what happens when you walk through pain is that people give you their trust as a proxy. Mm. They say, well, I was going to have to tell you my whole story, my whole background, everything I've gone through. But just hearing those three pain points you went through tells me that you get me and you know me. And so now I can place my trust in you as a proxy for me. And so now just tell me if you have an answer, right? If I showed up to you with that special video camera, yeah, you'd be like, dude, You've been in the pain. You got yes. it. If you have that camera, just give me the link and I'll buy it. Right. There's right. No We're done. And all I did, I didn't tell you about all these fancy features. I just said, do you have this problem? Do you have this problem? Do you have this problem? Wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have those problems anymore? Right. Yeah. Um, but we try and hide from our past. We try and cover up the pain. We try and not relive it when in fact it can be some of the biggest source of connection with people. Mm. Both suffered through this particular pain. And maybe I suffered through it a couple of years ago and you're in the middle of it right now, but that's how we can connect. Right? Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned this idea of this framework that you and I had talked about before. Can you, can you dive into that a little bit more? Cause it's an awesome framework. Yeah, sure. So um, let's imagine, right. That you are on the hunt for the perfect microphone. I mean, the, the, the best microphone in the world where um, the whole rest of the house could be in chaos and nobody would hear it, that your microphone would be like just, you know, two inches from your lips. And when you spoke in, it heard you and any other noise, anything else was never there. It was a perfect microphone, but it was small enough. You could take it with you that. And imagine if I tell you that the perfect microphone is up on a hill. I mm. mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's a ways off, Right. But I can show you the store. I can point to it. And you look out your front door and you see the hill and you see the microphone. You see the microphone store, right? And it just so happens that you see a path coming from that microphone store down the hill and through everything else. And it, mm -hmm. it runs right in front of your house. And you're like, oh, my God, if I just take this particular path 
I will get myself to the microphone store and then I'll get the magic microphone that I've wanted for my whole life. So I say, let's do it, right? Go, get, get on that path and you're on your way. Yeah. So you, you start walking down the path and you come up to a super big river and you get to the river and you're like, eh, that's fine. It's a nice warm day. I'll just walk across the river. So you take a couple steps in the river and as you step into the river, it goes deep really fast. Mm. Suddenly waters up to your eyeballs and you're like, whoa, I got to back up. And so you get out onto the riverbank and you're wet yeah. and you go, okay, you know what? I'm just going to swim across, right? I can't walk across. I'm going to swim across. So you dive in, you take two strokes, but immediately you're half, you're half blocked down the river, right? It's moving fast and you go, whoa, this is dangerous. So you back up and you get on the riverbank, you walk back up to the path and you're standing there and you're frustrated because you're wet and you're tired and you tried with all your energy, but you couldn't get across the river. And then you hear it, right? You hear that noise, but long before you see the boat, you know, there's a motorboat coming your way and there comes, right? A couple minutes later, there comes a motorboat coming up the river and it comes up to you and the guy says, Hey, do you want to get across the river? And you go, yeah. He goes, it's 10 bucks. So you grab 10 bucks out of your wallet and you, and you hand it to the guy and he takes the 10 bucks and he drives away. And you're like, what the heck just happened? Right yeah. now you're broke. You're tired. You're frustrated right? You're still wet. And you're like, ah, whatever. And so you start walking up the riverbank, mostly just to clear your mind, right? And so you walk up the riverbank and you walk for an hour. And right there, you look up after an hour of walking and there's a bridge. And you go and you step on the bridge and you kind of jump a little up and down, make sure it's a legit bridge. And you're, yeah. And you walk across the bridge and then you walk with a little more haste down river back to the path takes you just a little under an hour, but you get there. And right before you're going to turn on the path to head back up the hill to get the magic microphone, you look back and across the river on the other side is a group of people. And they look hot and they look wet. They look bothered and they look broke. Mm. A couple of them are looking at their empty wallets. And you say, hey, I'm not better than you. I'm not smarter than you. But uh, if you're trying to cross this river um, and you walk upriver an hour, I just, I just found the bridge. So if you want to cross the bridge there, and I don't know if you're heading up this path to the to microphone store, but if you, if you want to do that, I'll wait here and you can come back and then we'll get together and we'll go up the path. That is the storytelling framework. And you go, wait, wait, that wasn't a framework. That was a story. How can you say the story was a storytelling framework? Well, <laughs> in the story is every part of the framework we need. Okay. When we start telling our story, the first thing we do is we articulate the destination. We talked a little about that special microphone in the microphone store. A lot of times we, we're, we're talking about like, you need my special products. And you're like, you don't even know where they're trying to go. So yeah. you want to connect with, hey, are you trying to find a really awesome microphone? Because I know where the story is. So the first thing you need to do is be clear on the destination. The second thing you need, because there's a lot of ways to get to somewhere, is the strategy or the path to the destination. And we found that path right in front of your house. It went all the way up and right to the hill. And you go, this is the path I'm choosing. Doesn't mean there aren't other paths, but this is the particular strategy that you've chosen, right? So Mm -hmm. when we're talking to someone, we want to understand the destination and we want to understand the strategy or path they're taking. As we qualify that, you'll notice that we went then to the three pains right? We tried to walk across the river. It didn't work. We tried to swim across the river. It didn't work. We tried to buy our way across the river. It didn't work. 
three pain points where we can validate I've been where you've been. I have that pain. You Do you have that pain? We focus on pain because it's the source of connection. It's yeah. the source of where people can trust us with a proxy. Like, hey, if you get me, then I'm willing to listen, right? Yeah. And once we do that, we're once they connect and trust, they're willing to do something they normally wouldn't do. We're asking them to walk an hour upriver to get to a bridge. Normal people who walk on a path and see water, when you say, hey, go that way in an opposite direction for an hour, they go, uh-uh, I'm not wasting my time. But because we told them the three pains and because they connected and said, yeah, then they're willing to do something different than they normally would do. That means okay. they're willing to buy something. They're willing to choose something. They're willing to try something they normally wouldn't. They go up an hour and that's when we produce the product, the bridge, right? Mm. Our product is the product that sits as a way to get them to something else. People rarely buy the product for the sake of the product, right? If, right, we, only, right. if we only bought the product for the sake of the product, we'd only buy super cool things. We would never buy luggage, right? But we right. buy luggage because luggage allows us to do something else, right? There is a greater destination. Mm. There's a greater strategy. And so that's why we start with it. It's why we end with it. But we're selling the bridge. We're selling here's, an, here's something that fits once you understand that, yes, you have these pains. Yes, you want to try something else. So we sell the bridge, but we add one more component. And that is the community part, which says, hey, first of all, I'm not better or smarter than you. But if you go cross that bridge and you're trying to get to a destination, you're trying to use this path to get there, I'll stay here and wait for you. And we can go together because fundamentally beyond buying the product, people want to be part of something, part of a community, part of a connection. And so we offer every time we offer the bridge, we also offer the community with it. Right. Um, And so once you do it, right, once you understand the framework, once you remember the story, then you can craft any marketing piece for anything you're trying to pitch, any talk you're trying to give, any product you're trying to sell. The the framework works the same all the time. That's amazing. That's amazing. So shout out to Two Rooster Artistry, uh, Cindy Scott. Chris, you would love what Two Rooster does. They, She's a, a painter that goes to events like a wedding, and she live paints the wedding. And she figures out who the oh special God. people are at the event. And then she makes, you can actually, she paints most of like the, the background kind of during the event. And then you just kind of see her slapping away and like perfecting it over time. But she captures all of the little moments in one painting and she's there. And Cindy's amazing. Um, Chris, would you be up for the challenge of applying that method to something like, that service of live event painting? Sure. It's easy. Okay, right? great. So, so you go, okay, um, here's the reality, right? Have you ever bought, have you ever paid for really expensive photographs, put them in a very special album, and then they sat on a shelf forever? Hmm. Anyone ever done that, right? And you're like, yes, pretty much every single person ever who's ever paid for photography, right? You're like, so, so let me tell you the pain, right? The pain is I spent thousands on, in fact, at my wedding, right? I hired one of the top five wedding photographers in the world at that time, right? So he would only do 12 weddings a year, right? One a month. And he did six of them out of the country. They had to be destination weddings. I, of course, was getting married in Monterey in California, Northern California. And I was one of the U.S. ones. And so I asked him to be my wedding photographer 16 months in advance, right? I didn't have anything else planned except 
I need this photographer to be at my wedding. We paid him more than we paid our caterer, right? I just want to explain context, right? <laughs> I spent more money on the photographer than on the caterer. His photos were incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Everything about it was amazing. Those photographs, uh, we got DVDs, we got them printed, we got them in binders. We we have one up hanging on our wall. But but let me be honest, right? Other than that one photo that we put on the wall, we didn't want to put a lot of others on, right? First of all, because uh, it looks a little weird if you come into someone's house and you're like, here's 472 <laughs> photos of their wedding. Because they're like, uh, excuse me, like, Hello, do you have no other family? Are you orphans? Like, are, do, you, do you have no friends? Like, do you have no, no life? Like, no, our whole life was just this one event, right? You're like, no, you can't do that. So we only put one to look normal, right? But, but you're like, D- but what about all those other photos? Well, we have them, right? In yeah. beautiful leather binders, right? We went and bought fancy binders, right? Because after you spent thousands and thousands of dollars on the photographer, what's a couple hundred bucks on a binder, right? So it's all in there and it's on our shelf. In the 15 years we've been married, right? I, or it's 14 years, sorry. 14 years we've been married, right? Um, nobody else has gone through the binder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So can you imagine how much money I spent to stick on a shelf? Right. right? Now, it's worse than that, right? Because my buddy, right? Th- this guy who became my buddy, because when you spend that much money, you spend a lot of time talking to him. Um, but my buddy, who is this incredible photographer, uh, it turns out, right, uh, he's kind of a prima donna. Right? So, so I don't know if you've ever had a prima donna at your wedding, like a real live prima donna, right? Like when the, when the waiters came up to the reception and they were like, uh, do you want chicken or beef? And he's like, both. I'll take both. And do you also have fish? And you're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the guy that you spend more money on than on the catering, right? Yeah. So just go get me whatever I want. So he was, he was, there, was, there was prima donna, there was high maintenance on every front, right? So either I have to spend time doing it or I have to get someone else to do it. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of drama, right? Supporting he, and he came with a crap with a crew, right? So there was multiple people and they're holding things, whatever. So much so that uh, in between the wedding and the reception, right? We didn't have like a 20 minute photo moment, right? We, we spent like an hour. Yeah. And the problem was that I had told the bar, Hey, for 20 minutes, make it an open bar, but I have some crazy friends. So after the 20 minutes, make it a pay bar so that, you know, you yeah. don't, don't run me out of house and home, people. That's right? actually really smart. Yeah, That's it was going to really be great. Yeah. It was, it was going to be awesome, except that the, the person running the event was like, we'll just keep it an open bar until Chris gets here. Oh. And my prima donna photographer took an hour, so my alcohol bill went through the roof, right? Yeah. And you're just like, these are all the things that happen, right? So imagine how much I spent on the photographer – and I don't know if you ever had this, but you spend money on on alcohol for the other people because I'm busy with the high maintenance photographer, right? Who's awesome, but still, it, it is what it is when you're dealing with someone of that caliber. And then, right, um, the reality is most of the photos are me, my wife, our wedding party, and our family. We had 200 people who were also special guests. Mm-hmm. But there's no time to get those pictures of those people, Right? Yep. I mean, you just, you can't be like, no, each one of you has to come up here and get a special picture. You can't do that. You're like, picture of the moms, picture of the dads, picture right. one side of the family, picture of the other side of the family. Let's get out of here, right? So there's no special people. Now, I don't know if you have ever been to Paris and if you've ever been to the Louvre, but one of my favorite pieces of art, right, at the Louvre is called the Wedding at Cannes. 
Now, it turns out that most of us these days, when we watch, and, and Wedding of Canada, by the way, is like 14 feet across, like 18 feet across. It's a massive painting. It covers the whole wall. It's right across from where the Mona Lisa is, opposite oh, wow. wall, right? And okay. so you're standing there, like everybody else is looking at Mona Lisa, which is probably a very small photo. And I'm looking at the Wedding of Canada. And I'm like, this is an amazing, amazing piece of art. But we, we look at it and it's almost like, oh, this was a photo, but it's not a photo. It's a painting. And I don't, I don't just mean it's a painting different from uh, the texture and dynamics of painting as it relates to photo. I mean, a photo is a moment in time snapshot of the reality of an event. A painting is an artistic set of choices that speaks to us and tells us a story, right? So I'm looking at Wedding Akana, and there are people in this portrait who were not at the Wedding Akana, right? You know, if, if, you don't yeah. know, if you don't know history, right, you go, oh, I, I don't know, it's a wedding. And there's that, isn't that the wedding where Jesus turned water into wine? And you're like, yeah, so why is Einstein on the corner? Now, it's not Einstein, but it, 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 like, why, why is Einstein there? That doesn't make any sense. And, and yeah. the painter was like, well, I would like to put different people there, right? Yeah. So imagine if I came to you and I said, what if, what if I could bring to you some solution that wasn't the photographer that's going to cost more than your food bill? Yep. What if I could bring to you a solution, right, a memory creator for your wedding where there was no prima donna, no high drama, it was super easy and smooth, they were in the background, you didn't even have to worry about it. What what okay, that's that's one two problem, but what about the third? What if they could focus not just on you and your bride, not just on the family, but they could find special people and just like at the wedding at Cana, they could insert them in in all the right spots so that you had this thing. And then what if it was so magical and special that you could put it up on in in the main wall of your home and it was a conversation piece not to put on the shelf not to stick in a binder, but a conversation piece for every person who walked into your home for the next 20 years. And what if I could do that for less than a normal photographer? Would, mm. would you be interested? And, and you'd go, uh, well, I need, I need more details. I'm like, well, let, me, let me tell you, right? I have a friend who goes to weddings and she creates a painting of your event. She puts all the special people in, but it is a, it is a work of art. Yeah. It is something that you will cherish for your lifetime and that everyone will see. And trust me when I tell you, if you put 432 wedding photos on your wall, people would be like, uh, there's a problem with this guy. But if you put this picture of 432 people on your wall, if you put all of the participants or all the main ones, if you put the family and you put your friends, if you put your frat buddies and everybody else, if you got that all in one painting to remember your day and you had that conversation piece, right? Yep. Wouldn't it be more worth it? Man, I got chills. (laughs) Chris, first of all, that was completely unplanned (laughs) to people who are watching. Chris, that was amazing. And (laughs) Cindy just asked how much for a recording of this. Oh my gosh, that's great. So Chris, that was amazing. And that's just kind of a small snapshot of of one of the examples of how you could take this framework and make it work for your business. Um, If you don't mind, I want to spend the next chunk of time talking about the difference between 
walking through that framework on as like a sales conversation, like when you have somebody on the phone versus when you're doing social media marketing, how can you put, how can you start to tell that story uh, when it's not an actual one-to-one conversation? Yeah. So, so when you're talking to people, right. Yeah. Um, you're doing, you're, you're just going through the bridge framework. You're literally like, okay, where are you trying to go? Okay. What path are you taking? Prop, have you ever had problem one? Have you ever had problem two? Have you ever had problem three? Uh, you know, let me, let me, let me add some, you know, flourishes to it. Let me tell you about the bridge. Yeah. Right. And then invite you to consider it. Right. And that's, that's it. And you go, yep, it works, whatever. Now you go, Oh, but hold on a second. I got, I got, you know, a minute's worth of time or I got 30 seconds worth of time. I have a Twitter tweet or a Facebook post. Uh, I don't, I don't have it all. Yeah. Right. The, the beautiful thing is the framework still works. You start with pain, right? And when you start with pain, each pain is its own post. So imagine, imagine if we were talking about uh, I mean, you use, you use a product called Be Live. You use that to be able to put videos into Facebook to right. do interviews, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine if you were working for Be Live, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you said, oh, how, do, how do I pitch this, right? And you go, oh, okay. So uh, I'm going to create a question, right? A question that highlights pain yeah. and put it on Twitter, put it on Facebook, right? So you go, hey, uh, when is Facebook going to figure out, right, how to do multi-person interview videos in their video console, right? Question mark, mm. right? Now, when I ask that question, I'm likely going to get a lot of people give me thumbs up or pluses or hearts or whatever else, right? Because they're going to be like, yeah, yeah. But initially, they think I'm ranting. Initially, okay. they think I'm complaining, right? So now... I can go after a whole bunch of people have commented, right? I can go into the comments and I can ask pain number two, right? Why is it that every single Facebook integrated product for video, whether you're using Mevo or anything, why do these things suck and try and create their own interface? They got to create their own product, their own, you know, uh, networking protocol, their own sharing thing. Why can't they just work with Facebook's native tools, question mark, right? Now, the people who were in the pain point of the first one are still there, and they're going to get notified that you are part of this thing, right? So, and we're only talking about Facebook right now, but but you you ask the question to that audience, and they go, I totally know, yes. And what you're hearing is, I have that pain too, right? I tried this product, I tried this product, I tried this product, right? And we get to pain three, right? Why is it that every single product that promises to do video interviews on Facebook and social media and Twitter and Instagram, right, overpromise, underdeliver, and they all need 99 of my dollars every single month? Could someone explain to me why they all magically come to the same point? Right? They all magically cost the same thing. Like, is there no nuance? Is there no one that can do it at $69 or $29 or $49? Like, why is everybody charging that? Oh yeah, God, I hate, I, it's so expensive. It's so this, so that. Now what's happened? We've gone through three projects, right? Three pain points, three yeah. mini conversations. And then you hit them with the big wow, right? You go, oh my gosh, guys, I just found a solution that works with Facebook. 
that doesn't cost $99 a month and that integrates natively so that you just push a button and it works, right? Ping me if you want to know anything. And by the way, I'm not selling it. I just, I just have the info, right? Yeah. And they go, uh, Joey, give me the link now. Like right now, post it here. I want it. No, hit me up because I want to know if it really works for you. There's some nuances. And so I just want to have a conversation and just make sure, right? Um, and all you did was three pain points. And then when they get on the phone, right? Or when they DM me or when they, you know, private message me or whatever, right? I want to find out, well, what have you tried, right? I want to, I want to qualify pain. What have you tried? What did you work through? What were you paying? All the same ones again, but I want to qualify that they really have the pain. Why? Because if you don't have the pain, if you're just looking for a quick random link, right? Yep. There's no investment, right? There's no investment. You don't want to do that. So you go, oh, no, no, PM me. What have you tried? What have you spent? What are you doing right now? Blah, blah, blah. And then you go, okay, well, given all this stuff, I, I think you might want to check out BeLive, right? Dot TV. Yeah. And at that point, they're like, dude, if it does what you just said it does, right? I'm ready to go. And you go, oh, by the way, I have a whole podcast where we use it, whatever. So if you want to join and hang out and watch, there's your community piece, right? Yeah. And continue from there. Now, let's say you're on Twitter, right? Twitter's disjointed. You don't have the same thing. But yep. the truth is, right? You can do the same thing, except now, because Twitter has um, the ability to do tweet storms, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell three pain stories even better, right? So let's say that we were, um, uh, let's say that we were talking about using Etsy, right? Yeah. And and so you're like, okay, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna pitch people on using Etsy, and so. Uh, I'm if I if I'm the VP of marketing or or you know whatever, and I want to tell these natural stories about whatever, and I I go on Twitter, I I don't go pitching Etsy, right? I go talk about pain. So you go, oh my god, you will not believe you guys, Twitter, my friends. Let me explain to you. You will not believe how bad I heard the story I just heard, right? Let yep. me tell you about Susan. Susan has an online store, right? Shopify, it's, you know, it's her own store, it's her own thing, own domain site, everything that you're supposed to have, except Susan was told it was $29 a month. And then her developer added five different add-ons and now it was $200 a month. But she said, you got to pay it. You got to pay it because this is how the store stuff works. Then her Shopify developer charged her, right, for building the theme, which was like $5,000. Right. And that was okay because she thought she was getting this unique custom theme. Guess what Susan just found out? She just found 10 other stores using her same theme. Yeah. yeah. She got totally ripped off. Right. She spent all this money and nobody has helped her with traffic right now. The total number of people that have come to Susan's store is zero in four months and having paid 7,000 total dollars. Yeah. That's tweet store number one. It's just pain. There is no upside. There's no pitch. There's no whatever. And what people do is they cathartically, they respond to it. They're like, oh, my God, I had, let me tell you my crazy story. Oh, my God. This is, right? And, and so people are interacting, right? And they're responding. And you'll see all of a sudden you have 100, 200, 300 tweets that are in reaction yep. to this crazy story. Then, whether you wait an hour or a day, you go back, do the same thing again with Bill's story or Frank's story yep. or Samantha's story. And you just... You tell three pain stories, different pain stories. And then if I were Etsy, right, I come back and I go, guys, 
if you've been if you've been struggling with building an online store, if you've been told that you have to build a full on big system and have all these integrations and all this stuff, can I just tell you, right? We have more than two million people who have run stores really simply, really cleanly, where the focus is the product. Yeah. If you're building yeah. really great products, right? Just hit me up and I'll, I'll get you onto the Etsy platform. Well, and join, right, again, to the community part, join more than too many people who are talking about it. I'll get you into our private Facebook group where you can talk with other store vendors that are using Etsy successfully, right? Join yeah. join yeah. my special million-dollar club, right, people who made a million dollars or more in Etsy in the last year, right? Join this Facebook group. Click here, right? I'll, I'll be selling Etsy stores all day long. Yeah. Well, and what I love about that is that is – that- it applies to anything that is solving a pain point. And a lot of people who follow me know that I'm actually pretty anti-Etsy. So that that whole framework can go if you're trying to get people to get off of Etsy and onto another platform. Um, so I was being I was being super generous because I, I built an entire product line for managed WooCommerce, which is hosting plus WooCommerce so you can be off Etsy. So yes. I am not an Etsy guy, um, but I was trying to not show my horns. I love it. I was like, I loved it. Oh, if you're using Etsy, here's a pitch for Etsy, right? But the no, truth I, is, I can pitch, I can pitch for Etsy, or I can pitch against Etsy any day of the week, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's that was, yeah, that was awesome. So uh, I was I missed place where I was going there for a second, but that was, I love how you can tell you can raise these pain points, whether it's on one conversation or on social media. Um, one of the things that I just wanted to highlight about what you're saying, Chris, that I'm really loving is that a lot of people say, if you want to sell, you have to highlight the pain point, agitate the pain point. And there, yes, there's a focus on pain, but only to the extent that you want to help them solve the problem. And I think you always have to keep that in mind when you're in, it's not just about me being salesy and talking about problems that the customers can have. It really is having a solution that you were genuinely confident about and having that bridge that you are just really passionate about showing people to and walking them to and with. Yeah. So I, I think people, people who play in the, uh, the, you know, there's some people who just pitch on features all the time. There's other people yeah. who pitch on benefits all the time. There's some people who just go just agitate enough so that I can, you know, get to the next, my next talking point. And the yeah. problem with that is the reason we, the, so, so what we what we call this, right? Or what I call this is marinating in the problem space, right? Mm-hmm. So, right when I was out of college, I had some buddies. They wanted to come over for steak. I was going to grill in the backyard. I just bought a new grill. It was a hundred dollars. That was the most expensive grill that I'd ever bought, right? It was one of these smaller Webers, and I was like, everybody says Weber is kind of the thing. So I bought this Weber, and I was out there trying to figure out how to do it all. And the guy comes in and goes, oh, you know what? We didn't marinate the steaks. I'm like, no problem. So I grabbed a, one of those gallon Ziploc bags. I opened it up, threw the steaks in, grabbed a bottle of A1 steak sauce, ripped off the top, poured the whole bottle into the bag, closed it up, threw it in the fridge, closed the door, and then went to work on the coals. And he's like, what are you doing? And I go, I'm marinating. He goes, that's not how you marinate. I'm like, every time my mom or dad barbecued, they took the meat out of the fridge and it was in a plastic bag with a bunch of juice in it, right? Like sauce. Like that, yeah. that, that's, he goes, yeah, but it has to sit in the sauce like for an, like more than 10 minutes. And I'm like, no, nah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So, of course, you can imagine, right? I bring the plastic bag out. I unzip it five minutes later, put the steaks on. 
nothing's happened, right? I didn't marinate. That's what happens when people are like, oh, just agitate the problem and then jump to your next talking point. You've done nothing, right? If you want to actually build that proxy relationship, that trust relationship, you have to marinate in the problem space. You're not going to be there for two seconds. You're going to sit and connect. You're going to say, I've been where you've been. You're going to say, I'm not smarter than you. I'm not better than you. I just happen to be an hour in front of you. I happen to have done it a little. I found the bridge just minutes before you found it. I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm better, but I'm going to sit with you in your pain. And because I've been there, because you know I've been there, now you know there's a connection. Now yeah. you know you can trust me, right? Yeah. That's marinating in the problem space, and you have to do it that way so that people connect and trust. If not, it's the, you know, it's the, the timeshare guy who's just like, hey, have you ever said to yourself, I don't go on enough vacations, right? Ah, well, I said the same thing too. Let me talk to you about this timeshare. And you're like, whoa, wow, boy, your version of you know, agitating pain wasn't all that useful, right? right? And by the way, it was super transparent. You were doing it just so you could get to your pitch, right? right? And that's not very helpful at all. I love it. Chris, um, I want to respect your time. And this has been amazing. Uh, where should people go if they want to follow you to pick up what you're throwing down uh, to learn more about storytelling on social? So um, I, uh, I have a blog that's Chris Lemma, L-E-M-A dot com. Um, and so you could go there. I have a, another blog on leadership that is at leaders dot blog. Um, and that's, uh, that's a, a different one. I'm on Twitter at at Chris Lemma, C-H-R-I-S-L-E-M-A. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well. But maybe if you really want to know more about um, storytelling, I have two courses uh, on public speaking and storytelling that are at courses.chrislemma.com, right? So if you go to courses.chrislemma.com, there are two courses there. Uh, one is on sticky teaching, which is how to give a message that people remember a year later. Mm. And it's a lot about how to shape and craft the actual piece. The other is storytellers cafe, which is, I mean, it's like 42 lessons, right? So it's stuff to do before you to speak stuff to do, you know, while you're writing the talk and stuff to do when you're presenting. Right. So oh, it's like, and they're, and they're all super short, right? A couple minutes each lesson. So you're not like overwhelmed, but it's, it, it just covers all the bases. So that's at courses.chrisummer.com. Awesome. Oh, and Chris, I have to ask if people want to pick your brain, where can they, yes. where can they go? <laughs> yeah, totally. So um, if you were to go to chrislemma.com, you'll see a big banner at the bottom, uh, but you can also go to clarity. The, the, the link at the bottom will take you to the same place. It's clarity, yeah. C-L-A-R-I-T-Y dot F-M, clarity dot F-M slash chrislemma. And uh, I, up until recently, I haven't double checked, but I was the third most called person on that network. So what happens wow. is entrepreneurs across the board on so many different uh, features and functions, people all go there and you find these people who are good at public speaking or good at uh, raising money or good at building product or good at building SaaS or good at WordPress. And, um, and that's, that's where I hang my shingle and um, do several calls. You pay, but you only pay by the minute. And my job on those calls is not to tell any stories. My job is to get to the heart of the issue, give them yep. an answer and get off. Um, the, I think the, the average call is about 22 minutes, but the shortest call was two. The guy mm -hmm. called up and said, 
I want to know what product, what plugin for WordPress will do this. And I went, the URL is this. Here's how you can find it. Good luck. And I hung wow. up. And he was like, I felt bad. Like, that was too short. Like, I have yeah. to give you more money. Like, no, that's the whole point, right? I you can always that. come back and call again. Um, but yeah, I'm on clarity.fm. I love that. I love that. Well, Chris Lemma, everybody, follow him everywhere. Um, Chris, I'm going to be re-listening to this interview like on repeat. Uh, there's just so so much to unpack, and I'm so excited uh, for this relationship, uh, both between you and us, but also with you and our, our followers. We're going to be sharing this in the group, um, and so hopefully we'll we'll get some more traction and some more comments uh, later on in the week. Um, I will be manning the comments, and uh, Chris, if you don't mind, I'll invite you into our group so that you can also see any interaction that's happening there. Yeah, All right, you guys. I, and, and and what I'll do, um, I because I, I wasn't I, I never think about pimping my stuff, right? So so this isn't <laughs> yeah. this is not normally the way I do it. But yeah, um, I will go I will go create a coupon code uh, for for indie uh, that I can get I'll get to you, Joey, and then you can share with your folks. Okay, so great. Courses can be cheaper than they normally are. That's fantastic. I was I was going to say uh, I wasn't expecting any discounts, but that's very generous. Oh, my pleasure. Chris. My pleasure. Um, you guys, this guy obviously knows his stuff and is worth following. Chris, thank you for your time. Everybody, thank you for uh, watching this live or on the replay. We'll catch you next week. Until next time, see you guys.